Welcome everybody to C episode two S E E Sports Entertainment and Extra. This is your whole siege. Got my main man E Carter. What's up, E? How you feeling? Man, what's happening, bro? I'm feeling real good after this show. I'm, I'm just feeling good, man. It's been a blessed week, uh, you know, weekend and all of that. So just looking forward to a, to a show and ending up this week out with a bang. I know, man. And we really we uh, the 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 commentary that we received on the side from this the, from the last show was excellent, man. I had nothing but good reviews. And that was just a blessing, you know, because this has been something that we have been talking about and I had thought about in the past. And um, we just appreciate everybody for listening, everybody for the great comments. And uh, we're going to give y'all what y'all listening for. So we're going to jump right into it. I know y'all was thinking we were probably going to jump into sports, the sports section straight off with the NFL. But we are not. We're going to spare that for here in a second. Uh, We want to talk about the Brooklyn trade the Brooklyn Nets trade where they just acquired James Harden and I'm gonna just start off with you uh what do you think about the trade and uh I guess yeah what do you think about the trade your opinions and whatever else you think about it well basically uh the way I feel about it because I got a right before the trade happened like yesterday like last night I got a little memo and I seen this little comments that he had after the loss and after the loss, he was just basically saying, uh, there's no fix in Houston. Like, there's, he's done all he can do in Houston. There's nothing else he can do to fix it. So that's more of a statement than anything. And recently, he's been talking about trying to get out of Houston. And, you know, they try to give him that big contract and everything like that, uh, just to try to make him feel better. But overall, man, the man didn't want to beat him. So, I mean, I'm kind of happy about the trade. Just to a simple fact, like, man, he want to be there. So, but I don't know. On the business side, it kind of sucks because you then invested all this time and money in this player. And then when they want to jump ship, they start talking to the media and it's, they kind of force their way out now. But as far as the basketball side, uh, him, KD, and Kyrie, and I don't know. That sounds that sounds like a big three in the East. And as we uh, as we know, most of them teams with those big threes are usually uh, final final contenders. Definitely final contenders. The only caveat to that for me will be whether or not Kyrie is actually going to play because he's been missing and right. uh, or, you know, taking off or whatever he's doing. I don't know what he's doing or why. Um, obviously, people have been speculating about that. But if all three of them stay together with the other pieces that they have, I think they could, you know, uh, be a final contender, but it's just to see whether it's. It would be interesting to see whether or not they gel. My my take on it is just that I just I think Houston did all they could to make this like make them a championship team. I mean, they got them Chris Paul. Uh, they had I can't even, I can't even remember what the power forward's name is that they gave him, but uh, he had he had him. What is his name? Um, I'll think of it here. Yeah, they had the white for a minute. Did they, they have the white for a minute? Yeah, they had the white for a hot second. Um, but they had a few. They had a few other players um, that were, were there, and that you know they get try to get them Chris Paul, try to get them Westbrook, other little pieces mixed in. They gave him the contract. They gave him an offensive minded coach. I mean, the man won an MVP with Houston, and I just don't understand what 
would make him unhappy. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, they could be walking through the hallways and people could be disrespecting the man for all I know, just on the, just on the making it an easy transition to see why that could be a simple. It could be that simple. Or maybe it's not. Maybe they just, he asked for other things and they didn't kind of like Houston, uh, the Houston Texans with uh, Deshaun Watson. We don't know. But the man yeah. was unhappy. He got up. He got up out of there. And I think anytime you want out of an organization, or if someone wants out of an organization, let them out. They won't be. They won't do anything but cause problems and be a cancer to your organization. So that's my yeah, take on a, it. But just yeah. another tidbit to that. Well, the thing is that, like, one, he missed all the training camp, so he's been showing signs that he did not want to be. You know, what I'm saying he missed training camp. You can tell when he came back, he put on some weight. Um, over their last five games, they've had four losses. And then those comments came right after a 117 and 100 loss to the Lakers. And then uh, I guess they, I seen something where they interviewed Booby uh, Cousins and was like, and he was basically just saying, like, you know, all of this started way before that press conference. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like he just woke up one day and was just like, hey, I'm going to say this after the game. It was something building up to that. So like you said, man, he, he didn't like the situation and put his foot forward to, to, to force his way out. Yeah, definitely. And Clint Capella was the power forward I was thinking about. I, I kept wanting to say Pascal, but Pascal Siakam was with Toronto, but it's Clint Capella was a dude yeah, but, you who know, they had. Uh, Capella, Capella sent well, power forward center. He played power forward yeah. with them mostly, but yeah, power. And he was a block machine. Clint, like, I don't see why they got rid of him because he was he was on the uprise when he was there. Yeah, but it, it was about the money mostly. They wanted to get clear some space, and then they ended up getting Westbrook. But anyway, they um he had a roster. They they did everything they could to get the roster with the money that they wanted to spend. The man won an MVP. But obviously, it's something personal because he wanted out of there, man. He got out of there. He went over there with his boy, KD. We'll see what they do. I'm just happy. Uh, as I said on the last show, my NBA team is the Cleveland Cavs. Um, so, you know, we got Jared Allen. I was hype about that. Or Jared. Uh, yeah, Jared Allen. We got him or whatever. So I was a little excited about that, you know. So we got a little 12-point, 10 uh, rebound a game type of man. You know, especially with Kevin Love out, so I was happy about that. So that's my take take on it. You know what I mean? We gave up a little bit, but we got something good in return. We'll see how we do. We five. We only five and seven right now, so we might sneak in later on if we stay a couple games under five hundred. So let's get in there, Cavs. Speaking of the Eastern Conference, Boston is uh, leading right now. Boston is number one. You know, said that on the last show. Basketball wise, I am a Boston fan. Man, y'all, man, come on, bro. Y'all need to get out of here. Hey, them, them young boys getting better, man. <laughs> now y'all good though. Y'all been y'all been doing y'all thing. I just hope that one day soon, you know, the Cavs could develop their young talent and have a good enough coach to coach that young talent to be kind of what y'all are. But um, but moving along, you know, we touched on that situation. We got a big, big, a few big reactions about the NFL playoffs. And I, yes, uh, I want to pose that back to you, too. What was your biggest takeaway from the NFL playoffs this past super wild card weekend? Well, my biggest takeaway, my biggest takeaway, I got to say, 
Pittsburgh got exposed. Yes, sir. Got to say that. They they definitely came out flat. What was it, 28 unanswered points? 28 like, and in the first, was it the first quarter? Yeah. Yeah, first like, quarter. That's, I, don't, I don't know if y'all some av- avid Madden players or, or whatever, but where I come from, that's how that dub rule. Like, you got to pass the sticks, get off the game. They should have just walked to the tunnel. Yeah, definitely. But besides yeah. that, another big upset that I got or a big reaction is uh, Rams defense was too much for Russell. Yeah, man, I didn't expect that. I didn't, I didn't expect him to be too much. I expect him to be a problem, but it's just it's just Russ, man. I don't seen him pull it out. He didn't pull this out. He didn't pull nothing out this time. I mean, but they, I don't know, they had a beat on him, and that's what I. If you remember on the last show when we was talking about our picks in that matchup, and I said, I'm like, if Jared Goff plays, then I'm going with the Rams just because I feel like the defense is going to be too much. And as long as his throwing hand was good to put points on the board, I just felt like it was going to be too much. And uh, we realized that he did not start the game, but the, his backup unfortunately caught the injury on what, what was it, like a second drive, caught a neck injury, and he was out for the game. So I kind of like – I like that game for two reasons. One, I like the confidence that Jared, Jared Goff had to show. Like, it's the playoffs, man. Like, me personally, I wouldn't have been sitting in the bench. And, you know, we could save that for a different a different topic <laughs> on why coaches bench their starters in big games. But, hey, but he showed a lot of uh, a lot of toughness, man, and a lot of courage. Uh just coming back after that injury and being able to play in that playoff game very well. Yeah, I, I think that mainly it was that it was that uh that that pressure, you know what I mean? Like, oh John Wolford took my spot. He'd been playing better than me, you know what I mean? And then you get a chance to come in, like, nah, I'm the man. You know what I'm saying? So I think he came in like, nah, I'm Jared Goff. I was drafted number one overall for a reason. He came in and he did show it even with a hurt thumb. So I respect that the defense. Like I said, um, uh, Aaron Donald is is one of the best, the best to me, defensive lineman in the game, and it's not even close. Easy. Yeah, it's not even close to me. I mean, it's a few others that's creeping on that, but they still a little younger, obviously, like Miles Garrett and you got Chase Young who bought out this year. You know, he 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 may end up being being that guy or one of those guys, but right now it's Aaron Donald. Ooh, TJ White, oh my God. Yeah, he's a beast. Um, but yeah, so I think that that's an accurate assumption. I just didn't expect them to do that. I thought that they would do something, you know, maybe do a little bit. But but Russell Wilson, man, I seen him, man. I seen him do so much, so many things. Kind of like how uh kind of like how Pat Mahomes, not on that level, but kind of like Pat Mahomes, like he'll get behind by 15, 20 points, 25 points. And then throughout the course of the next two or three quarters, he just dial in climb. on you. Yeah, climb his way back. But it wasn't yeah. his. It wasn't his year. I picked them. They lost. You know, whatever. You know, you can't win them all. But yeah, I was right about one thing though. And even though Washington lost, they brought that heat. Definitely. To be honest, that was a better game than I I uh, inspected. Shout out to uh, what's his name, Taylor Taylor Heineken. That's what I call him. 
I call him Heineken, man, because after that game, he need a couple of them. <laughs> yeah. He need a couple of them because he he play he play he play it out, man. That's how you come into a playoff game. And he, he introduced yourself to the introduce yourself to the world. You know something about him that was funny? They said he was taking engineering courses and had to tell his professor he had to delay his finals so that he could play in a playoff game for Washington. <laughs> Oh man, I didn't know that. That's yeah, crazy. yeah, they said that on the broadcast. I thought that was interesting, so uh, I was like, "Wow!" Shout out to him, man. He just just beasted up his career. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah he bossed up from an engineer to an NFL star quarterback. Real quick, quick turnaround. Real quick. My other takeaway. Finish getting that degree though. My other takeaway was um was the Drew Brees and the Saints did what I thought they was gonna do. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They, they came on, we watched them, and it was just like, yeah, this is what we thought it would be. <laughs> like, yeah, like that game was was exactly what I thought it would be. And the only person that really sucked for was Jimmy Graham. Man, because he ended the game and just walked out like, wow. And just walked out like, and the way in the catch, not even just a regular catch, it was a one hand in the end zone. Like, one hand in his zone, turned around, threw the ball, was like, I'm out. I'm done. Like he, yeah, he, it's over. Yeah, it was over. So I thought that was, thought that was crazy. Uh, the Bills, I mean, they pulled it out. I did tell you that they was that was going to be closer. Did tell you that yeah. was going to be closer, just mainly because of that defense. But I, but I just didn't. I like we said last show. I didn't. I didn't believe in Philip. I knew that if it came down to it, it would be uh, Josh Allen that was going to pull that one out. But that. It was closer. That's ex- that was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Unless I thought I thought that if the Bills got ahead first, that they would blow their doors off. That didn't happen because the Bills did get ahead. They were ahead most of the game, yeah. but um, that didn't happen. So I was wrong about that. But uh, and the crazy thing is, but hey. the Colts were the first team in playoff history since the Super Bowl era, I believe, that has that had over four hundred and fifty yards total. No turnovers and long, which is which is which is amazing. But hey, it happened. I thought that they um, had a nice little shot. I thought if the Bills jumped out ahead, you know what I'm saying, they would blow their doors off. They didn't blow their doors off. But hey, it was a close game. I expected it to be a close game if Indianapolis jumped ahead first. So, like I said, minor details. I was wrong about the minor details, but hey, it happened. <laughs> they lost. Oh, yeah. It's definitely cool. And then, is this your king? Come on now. I, you see, I, I'm rapping this week. Last week, you caught me slipping, you know. Yeah, I did I catch you the, slipping. You know what I'm saying? Got my so, Ravens on. So, is this your king? You talking about it's time for team reactions. Your boys went in there and stopped. They said he was the king. I, I, don't get me wrong. He's the king. You just won the king that day. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. He abdicated the throne that day. But yeah, man, what's your reactions about your boys? Y'all, y'all, y'all held that man down. <laughs> like, like they played exactly how I how I said it, man. If everybody does their job, everybody does what they're supposed to do and do it well, then we can come out with the win. Defensive line, they crash. Like Derrick Henry didn't have anywhere to go. Cutback lanes didn't happen. Uh, they kept kept up the middle stuff. Linebackers got to going downhill. Everything was smooth. Like the corners, the corners we got, we got a little, 
got a beat on a couple plays early in the game, like first quarter, and then they popped out to that, what, was it like a 10th and lead? But I, I'm really happy with our offense. I'm really happy with Lamar Jackson. Uh, he got to the point where he finally got that playoff game. He got that monkey offense back. He played great. He threw that one pick that's just kind of like, even as a f- Adam adamant fan, like I'm still like, uh-oh, like hope we don't. I hope this is not going downhill again, you know, because it kind of reminded me of the last two seasons where he gets in the playoffs and then start trying to force stuff or overthinking stuff. I can think that he had like a couple pregame jitters in that first quarter, but after we got down ten nothing, it was kind of like it was like, man, you know what, bro. Screw it, man. I, I got to play ball. And he went out there and played ball. He got us back in the game with that 48-yard scramble to the cribbo. <laughs> to the crib, man. I almost tackled my punching bag after that. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I had one of the brothers came over and watched it with me. Uh, shout out to Lil. He was over here. He like, man, don't you hit me, man. Because <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> I don't know how everybody else watched the game, but the way we watched the game, man, people be throwing air fists and <laughs> uh, shadow boxing, <laughs> the shadows when big plays happen. Nudges, you never know you. Might right, grab you. You know what I'm saying? Might grab you, might give you a big hug, a big bear hug, go to give somebody a high five. It's the hardest high five you ever got. But overall, man, I'm I'm happy with our performance, man. I, I and that was the big test. That's what we built that defense around. We built that defense and that team for – that's one of the two games that we built that team for. Yeah, I think that uh, my, a few of my takeaways was is that that's why you go get a Calais Campbell. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That's why you go get those type of players in, in, in the offseason because when it matters, when it matters the most, when you're playing against Derrick Henry – you know what I mean? You you gotta you gotta put you gotta hit him in the mouth for lack of yeah. a better term. You gotta you you can't let him get that two hundred on you. You know what I mean? You can't let him get right. that hundred fifty on you. That's you why you go that get man players 40 like yards. that. Forty, which is uh, which is outstanding for that defense. I think my my other main takeaway was just exactly what you said, man. Down ten to nothing. I'm sitting over there watching the game and I'm thinking, oh man, if they lose this game like this, like. My man E is gonna be furious. Oh yeah, man. And then, then it was just like another gear. It was like another gear. Like he just clicked it on. Like you know what I said, I was gonna play like this, but I haven't been playing like this. He got that jitter out, whatever it was. He threw that first pick, and after that, he was golden. Now he didn't throw for a whole bunch of yards, but that forty-eight yard rushing touchdown. That was something to be seen. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just – he kicked in that second, third, fourth, whatever gear. And it's like, even when it looks like he's going to be tackled or somebody has that angle, he just he just turned into the flash on them. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? He, he just zoomed hey, right past uh, their angle. Like, I'm out. Uh, uh, a friend of mine, man, uh, he's also a podcaster, man, Mr. Estelle Foster. <laughs> Shout out to him. But he had made a post on the book the other day, and he was talking about he had a picture of Al Pacino and Jamie Foxx when, you know, any given Sunday. <laughs> he was like, man, I'm going to tell my kids this is Lamar Jackson. I couldn't help but laugh because like, he got that invisible juice, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I turn it on, I'm gone. 
But yeah, that's that's just funny, man. But and one more thing on that game, Marquise Hollywood Brown caught everything. Everything that was catchable for him, caught. Yeah, that was gonna be my he third. That was gonna be my third. One that pass, be my third doing take on that. Me. I'm gonna catch it, do a back juke. Yeah, that was gonna be that was gonna be my third takeaway too. It was just like it was hey, like everything. He shot, hey, he, he shot the hell out of me, man. But I was I was happy about it, man. Like I said, overall, man, I he's man. So we're gonna say the best for like it went right past it. But uh your Browns, man, the Browns, they won a playoff game. Man, listen here, bro. Listen here. I was over here charged. I literally was sitting over. I, I'm gonna just be candid with y'all. I was sitting over here. I was on my lonely, watching it, watching it. I had it all the way up, turned up. I was had some drinks over here. You know what I'm saying? And I was screaming at the top of my lungs. And I had a few phone calls. And I told them I was like, man, the neighbors gonna call the police on me tonight. But I don't even care. I was that loud. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? First time since we have been to the playoffs in 18 years. Both times, you know what I'm saying? We got put out. 2002, we got put out by the Pittsburgh Steelers, lost by three. You know what I mean? And then in 1994, we got put out. But I think we got put out by the Patriots that year. But it was like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Those was the two times we went and we lost. You know, the last two times we went and we lost. But in 18 years, we haven't been to the playoffs. Not one single time, bro. And then, you know, now I'm grown. I love, still love my brownies, and I got to see it. I almost cried. I smoked a cigar like I won, bro. I ain't even yes, going to lie to you. I smoked a cigar like I was, it was me out there. <laughs> That's how hype I was. <laughs> but my, but my I, takeaway, I too. Well, my takeaways from the game, takeaways from the game, Baker didn't lose it for us. I thought that uh, similar to, similar to y'all game, I thought, um, you know, if Lamar didn't lose it for y'all, you know, that that would be that would be key. He didn't throw too many picks, you know what I'm saying, or if he didn't fumble. Same thing I thought about us, you know what I mean? Like if, if Baker is efficient and accurate and he just lets the running game and the defense do their job, he will win the game. One thing I will say about y'all to, to backtrack real quick, in the beginning of the game, um, uh, what's I can't even think of his name. Tenny Hill, man. He was letting y'all have it in the beginning. AJ Brown. Oh my God. But but y'all adjusted. That's that good coaching. And that's the one thing I say about us too. Like the coach, the interim coach for that game, uh Mike Prefer, adjusted into terms of well, once we got that 28 to nothing lead, he backed off. Y'all can have y'all little runs, y'all can have y'all little short throws. The dink and dunks, and then we're gonna run this clock out. I thought that was an amazing game plan for the simple fact. A lot of people had told me, or I had watched the game, but a lot of people told me, but he still threw 500 yards on y'all. So? He threw 500 yards for what? You know what I mean? So, so he can go home and watch us play the Chiefs next week? To lose. Right. So that don't that didn't matter. He, right. We caught four of them picks, though. You know what I mean? So it's just like with the right. give and take. I thought the adjustment. I thought the adjustment was fantastic. Like I told you, we got to let them run. You know what I mean? And then let them run the ball, force them to throw. They got behind too quick, so they had to throw, but that helped us because we was already up four touchdowns. So that was that was perfect. And then the running game. Man, I, I was so happy, man, that they did what they were supposed to do. 
and and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt did what they were supposed to do. I'm talking about up the middle runs for touchdowns. Like that that's literally to me like just getting jabbed and then crossed in the face. Like we jabbed and crossed him in the face the whole game. And I loved it, man. I loved every minute. Of it. <laughs> Forget the Steelers, you, man. man. Y'all been beating on us for years. Now it's our turn. Right. Hey, like I said, you everybody knows me knows I can't stand Pittsburgh. Can't stand them, can't stand them, can't stand them. The only way I root for Pittsburgh is if I need the other team to really lose. Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pittsburgh <laughs> fans is on the same level as Cowboy fans to me. Front running. Oh, we got these many touchdowns. We got these many Super Bowls. How many Super Bowls do y'all have? Like, man, what? shut up. Y'all organization, y'all been having rail run, rail run organizations and all that. That's cool, fine and dandy. But man, we here now, man. We talking about right now. Talking about these playoffs right now. Right. You all sit at home and watch us play and be quiet. Definitely. Uh, a couple of texts I got that I did have of the game because I I definitely watched it. You know what I mean? Because that was, you know, beside, after our game, my next game that I was really excited to watch was y'all game because I'm like, it's, it's the Browns in the playoffs against, against Pittsburgh. Like, is Pittsburgh going to choke or are the Browns going to choke? Like, that's what it came down to. And uh, like I told you, man, I was I was rooting for y'all. And like you said, the running game and Baker didn't lose it. That was really the some of the takes that I have for it too. It's like, like I told you uh, on the last episode, was the fact that if Baker comes out there slinging it, then I really don't agree with that method. You know, I mean, you got two great running backs back there, and feed them. You know? It was fortunate that y'all, you know, y'all got a bad snap recovered in the end zone. And then turnovers, defense stepped up, did their job, shoved the run, got a pick, got back in range, scored again. So it's great when you have a 28 donut lead early, and then you can just, as long as you play the right way, which is control the clock, the best way to control the clock is run the ball. You run the ball, you control the clock, you control the game, and you can help sit on and coast to a, to a comfortable win without you know being under too much pressure. Yeah, and it was two plays in that game that I really thought um, that kind of had me thinking, like, oh, Lord, we might lose this game. One was when James Conner, he had a brief run. It, it had to be – I don't even remember how many yards it is, but because the yards didn't even matter at that point. It was the stiff arm. When he stiff armed my man to the ground, I was like, oh, my God, he's getting intense. The game oh, already yeah. getting close and it's getting intense. I seen that. And then that fourth and short where he decided uh, to kick the ball instead of going for it. I was like, thank you, God, for Mike Tomlin and that. Because if he would have went for that and got it, I mean, it would have been – if they would have scored, the score would have been 35 to 30, and then we would have had a ball game. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Now, now I'm not saying that Baker couldn't have got us down there and, you know, he couldn't he couldn't do this thing. But that that's giving that team that type of confidence – you know what I mean? That would have been deadly for us. And I, I don't think we want to go with that experience that they have. Like, Big Ben has two Super Bowls for whatever you want to say. You know what I'm saying? He's not the same Big Ben or whatever, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're not giving Big Ben no chances to try to get on another Super Bowl if it got to come against us. We shouldn't. So let's just, you know, end it here, bro. You know what I mean? Like, so thank you, Mike right. Tomlin, for not going for that fourth and short. We appreciate you, man. Merry Christmas to you, bro. We appreciate the late Christmas gift. <laughs> uh, 
All y'all Steelers fans out there that was on my timeline talking all that trash, I don't see or hear y'all now. You know what I mean? That's cool. It's cool. It's only one. We only got one against y'all. You know, playoff. It's a playoff win, though. But whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely. Well, you got any uh, predictions or what do you think about these games coming up? Is it is it too close to call? Well, we did call Super Bowl picks last uh, last week, but I think yeah, we some did. of those teams might have got eliminated because we had to say what. I said, yeah, we we uh we did some some little uh predictions. We did like an A team and a B team, I think, last time. Yeah, yeah. If this yeah. team don't make it, I think this team gonna make it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, but so what do you think about uh Green Bay in LA? That's a tough one, man, because uh LA LA did their thing, man. They they made me out to be, you know what I'm saying? I predicted them to, to be to get beat, they made it off defense. You know what I'm saying? Of course, Jared Goff came in and did his thing. I can't say he's not going to do the same thing this week. But, again, he's up against one of them guys who who is that guy, who is that man. Right. You know what I'm saying? And this time, I do think they run into a buzzsaw. The main reason is, is this. Green Bay's offensive line is better than Seattle's offensive line. Definitely. And then you got that man, De- Devontae Adams, and he is a monster. Now, normally I would pick the defensive team in terms of, like, if let's say if it's a Super Bowl Super Bowl game, I would pick whoever had the better defense just because, you know, the old adage, defense win championships, offense win games or whatever. And a lot of people don't understand what that really means. Like, of course, offense win championships because if you score more points, but usually – if my defense is better than yours and I can get that one stop, one or two stops, you know what I'm saying? You can't move the ball on me, then that's what it is. And we can we can hash that out another day, go over. I can give you many examples of which, what, you know, teams that have better defenses that won. We're not going to do that right now. All I'm going to say is, is that this is one of them occasions that I don't think the defense is going to win. I think it's going to be that offense. And I think mainly because, my man got 48 touchdowns and five interceptions. Like, what? Five interceptions in 16 games? He, you think he's going to throw five more in this game? It's not going to happen. So, <laughs> he's been playing right. that type of defenses all year. And um, I think he gets the ball out quick. He gets it down. He pushes it down the field. Keeps them off schedule enough in order to get that dub. Now, do I think it is going to be a high-scoring game? No. You know what I'm saying? I think he might throw two tubs, as Shannon Sharp would say. Right. But um, but I think they still get the win. I would say probably it'll probably be like a 24-20 type of game. 24. Yeah, about I would say 24-17 if I had to put my money on it. 24-17 Green Bay. Now I do agree with uh with Tampa. I mean not Tampa, with Green Bay winning the game. Now, reasons why, like you said, you got that man over there. Uh, but also, it's projected to snow. So not only is it going to snow, it's going to be cold. And you got an L.A. team that's not used to that cold. So I think the weather will have some effect, and that's also going to affect the way these people play the game. So I think uh, Rain Bay is – they love playing in that weather, making snow angels in the end zone, sliding around. I think it's great. 
Um, I think, you know, like you said, I don't think it's going to be a blowout or anything because that defense is still good. They said, well, I'm trying to find a way to get out, uh, get after Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think as far as the passing game, as far as with uh, Adams and Ramsey, I think it's just going to come down to who's going to win that battle. Uh, and with unsure footing in the snow, you know, you kind of tip, you kind of tip your head towards the offense. But I do want to say this before we move on from that game on the NFC side. I think the winner of that game goes to the ball. So you think if if Los Angeles wins, then they go to the Super Bowl regardless who they play? I don't. I think if Green Bay wins, they likely get to the ball. But if LA wins, I think the Saints get to the Super Bowl. Okay, so that kind of leads me into the next pick. <laughs> Your next pick, you taking you taking the Saints over uh, over Tampa Bay, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think that's well. One reason is because people look at the Saints and they automatically think, "Oh my God, they got Drew Brees, they got Michael Thomas, they got Alvin Kamara. They have an outstanding defense." And when I say outstanding, I don't mean like, "Oh, it's the top defense in the league," but in terms of gap control, they, they like the last two times they got they played Tampa, they got after Tampa, and they and they beat Tampa. Now, mm-hmm. now, three times beating Tom Brady in a row, will they do that? Ah, uh, that's a little bit of a different thing. But I'm going off of what have you done for me lately? And lately against Tampa, they have been balling. So I'm going to stick with them. I think Drew Brees does his thing. And Tampa has a nice little pass rush, but Drew Brees is another one of those quarterbacks who he may he might not push it down the field like he used to or get it, get it, you know, do it how he used to do it, how he used to do it. He might not do it now. But um getting the ball out quick, keeping the offense on schedule. He can dump it to Alvin Kamara. Then on the defensive side, you know what I'm saying? They have Cameron Jordan, you know what I'm saying? They have a decent defensive line, decent uh uh secondary i just think that tampa's gonna have a hard time they had a hard enough time it, well for the first three quarters anyway hard enough time with uh washington before they pulled away and washington does not have the back uh, end of the defense that new orleans has so i think the back end of the defense will be the difference along with that defensive line and drew Brees will get that ball out quick enough against the pass rush of tampa bay to keep them off of schedule. And uh, I think Tom Brady, man, I think he's going to go home. I think he's going to go home. I said that last week on the upset pick, but uh, <laughs> but you, you almost proved me right for three quarters. But you still, Tom, I'm not disrespecting you, Tom. I'm just telling you. Like, I just – this is my prediction, man. You're going home this week, though. Right. Uh, To be honest, I, I just really want to watch that game. It's – you got – you got the GOAT, and then you got the guy that's not quite the GOAT. And the only reason why he's not quite the GOAT is because of the hardware. You know what I mean? The rings, you know? And that's what you play the game for. So and some of the numbers. Some of the numbers uh, so I, I, be the GOAT for. Yeah. Yeah, of course. and not, But I feel like I, – I do feel like the Saints are going to pull this out. So I agree with you on this one as well. Um, I, I think it's going to come down to quarterback play. Cause they're playing, they're playing in New Orleans, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Playing in New Orleans. Yeah. So, they're, so they're playing in New Orleans, man. I think, you know, with that home field advantage, 
I feel like uh, Drew gets it done, man. And I think it's going to come down to the quarterback play. Don't have to worry about any weather. Uh, it's going to come down to – I think it's going to come down to the uh, to the quarterbacks, man, and who can make the fewest mistakes because they both, you know, even though as good as they are, as, good as they are, they'll still throw you one or two, you know what I mean, in the course of a game. So I think whoever can win the turnover battle and if they – if a team does turn it over, if they can't capitalize on that, you know what I mean? So I think whoever capitalizes on turnovers – it's gonna come. It's gonna be a showdown. You know what I mean? It's gonna be the the Definitely. Drew Brees and uh, Tom Brady showdown. Like you said, it is tough for a team to beat somebody three times in a row. Um, that's proven for the C, the Tennessee and Baltimore game. They they beat Baltimore the last two meetings. So it's like hey, either a team got you, but sometimes teams just got your number and they just know how to defend you and know how to stop you. They usually come out with that advantage. It's a tough pickle to deal with, but sometimes that's what it is. Yeah, and but, even, um, and but even moving look, on to the AFC, though. Before we get there, even even if you're looking at it from a uh-huh. from matchup perspective, and you say, okay, you know what I'm saying? They might they might have their number. Like I told you before, um, Saints defense is quietly, you know, a, a good defense. You know what I mean? Like you know, you normally think of teams like. Uh, this New Orleans or whatever, and you you say, oh, you know, they got Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, and you're thinking, okay, they are top 10 offense. You know what I'm saying? You're not thinking defense. Same thing with Tampa. You know what I mean? You look at the defense at the beginning of the year, and we know since from the last show that I told you that they was ranked six by NFL.com. And, and, and even look, I told you that last show. This show, you know what I'm saying, I'll give you the defensive numbers for for, or overall defensive and offensive numbers for the Saints. 12 in, they're 12th in offense to the uh, Buccaneers' seventh. I just told you Buccaneers are sixth in total defense. The Saints are fourth. Where, where last show I told you that Tampa Bay's passing game was second, which is the quiet part of them. Like, oh, they second in offense, but they got all them weapons. 19th in passing for the Saints. You go to rushing. League ranks for rushing. This is where it get dicey for me right here, too. Remember, Alvin Kamara, they are sixth, whereas in rushing, the Buccaneers are 28th. So you got a little bit of a balance there in terms of offense, defense. Passing is, is a discrepancy in passing. This is a discrepancy in rushing. Uh, I just wanted to point that out because this is one of those games where we said, like, whoever makes the fewest mistakes. And it might come out come down to a little bit of a uh, – Clock control if the Saints can get ahead too, because they can run that ball a little bit better. So, and 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 they got a top ten. Both teams have top ten defense. So I just wanted to point that out for uh, our our listeners. Definitely. Uh, so moving on to the AFC. You know, start start with y'all. Oh, see, I was gonna try to start yeah, with y'all. Start child. with y'all. Start with y'all. Because <laughs> I got something. I got something to say about this one. All right. Well, look. So right now, man, we're of course, I'm going with us, man. I'm, I'm going with the, with the Ravens all day. What type of fan would I be if I did not root for the team? But um, I feel like we come out, we come out with a tough win, man. I think it might be more of a a low scoring game. I say, I say, I say like a twenty four to twenty, twenty four to twenty uh, win on with us. Uh, I feel like it's supposed to also snow. 
out there uh, at the Bill Stadium as well. It's projected so far that by what's that Saturday night, it might be like an inch or two, an inch or two of snow. So, with that being said, I just feel like uh, this is going to come down to the running game. And we have the number one rushing attack in the league. So, with that snow, it's kind of it's going to be kind of hard to handle. Like, like I said earlier with the Green Bay game, when it snows, usually tip your hat to the offense, you know, for more footing to actually know where they're going uh, versus the defense trying to react to something. So <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm pushing for us. Uh, Josh Allen is a bad man. I ain't going to lie. Him and Lamar Jackson both just won their first playoff game. Uh, they're in their same uh, – they're both in their third year. So they're both improving as quarterbacks. They're both franchise quarterbacks. Uh, I like his game, too. He can throw. He's also mobile. He can get out the pocket, make some uh, make some big plays with his feet. Uh, but I'm going to stick with the same formula that we had against uh, the Titans is the fact that if everybody does their job and does their job well, you know, then we come out with that win. That's offense and defense. D-line, uh, control your gap assignments. Rush, you know, get into his space. D-ends, keep out our containment. Don't let them out the pocket. Um, and, and, and I think, uh, our coordinator, man, he's just going to have to call one hell of a defensive game. I don't think we need to do a whole lot of man, um, because he actually has been lighting up blitzes all season. Um, <clears throat> so that can be go here and there. And we're the, we're the most blitz team in the league. We've been that for the last couple of years to be honest. Um, I know we're going to blitz some heavy. We might have to run a little bit of zone behind it. I think the weather, the weather is going to be a big part in this game. How bad the snow is. Uh, can people get their footing? Uh, you know, of course, when you got a, a scrambling quarterback like Lamar Jackson, it's like, all right, is he going to be able to take off and and get those big gains that, he's, that you're used to seeing him get? So I think it's us, man. I'm going, I'm going Baltimore, man, 24-20. This one, when I thought about this one, I thought, okay, I, I got to go with the Bills because the Bills are a top 10, off, top five offense. You know what I mean? So I'm thinking I got to go with the Bills. And then the more I thought about the game, I thought, you know what? The Ravens have two things, two main key ingredients that Super Bowl teams, that Ravens Super Bowl teams have had, and that's rushing and defense. Uh, so I think in this case, it's going to be a little bit difficult for Josh Allen and Buffalo. Um, uh, y'all are the number one rushing team, and that's no secret. Number one rushing team. Y'all also have a top 10 defense. The passing is where it gets a little iffy for the Ravens. But the situational passing game, like even with the Titans, the Titans, uh, yeah, y'all last in passing in the league, but where did he pass the ball? Like, when did he pass the ball? Like, he made some key throws in some key situations, even though he didn't throw for that many yards that ended up being crucial to the game. And I think that's why the Ravens pull it out, especially if you get ahead. If you get ahead, if you get ahead <laughs> in the game, the rushing attack is going to keep – the rushing attack in that that top ten defense is going to keep you there. Uh I, Josh Allen, like like you said, he is he is that dude. Like his third year, he stepped all the way up. He matured. He can throw that ball downfield. He can throw it in windows. 
He's mobile. You know, it's not that many questions. But I think that rushing attack and that defense is the two main key ingredients for a team that you really, really have to have um, in the playoffs. And I think – I just think that that's it. I mean, that's, that's all it is to it. Yeah, uh, you know, they can run the ball in spots too. Yes, they can throw the ball. Then Josh Allen can move and he can get there. But we just seen – we just seen Derrick Henry get stopped. Uh, you know what I mean? So, uh, Harbaugh, I mean, he's one of those coaches to where he'll make those adjustments and he'll find a way to keep Josh Allen in the pocket or maybe he'll let Josh Allen roam and do his thing. But where is it going to be taken away from? And I don't think that this, like I said earlier, this is one of those situations to where you, I got to go with the D. I got to go with the defense because normally when you get a defense that goes up against a high-powered passing offense, if you can get to the quarterback, you can prevent them from doing other other things in the running game or, you know, from bootlegging or whatever thing that they key on on defense to keep them off schedule. I think that the Ravens will be able to do it, mainly because when you get when they get up, if they get up, Ravens come out, they score the first touchdown, they get three points out the gate or whatever. I think from that point, it's going to be, all right, we got the lead. You know, we get we up 10, whatever we up. Here. Boom. JK, here you go. If Mark Ingram is back, here you go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I gust the buzz, here you go. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whoever. It's just like that, that number one rushing attack and that top 10 defense paired with that passing. Like I said, y'all last in passing. But it's not the yards, it's the situation and in this case. You know what I'm saying? It's them, it's them throws downfield, um, the, the, the throws downfield that get you out of that third and eight. You know what I mean? That take you there. And then not only that, those passes open up that 48-yard run we saw last week. So I think we see more of that. I think the Ravens end up pulling it out. I think it'll be a close one. Um mainly due to the passing game of the Bills, uh, but I just don't see the Bills pulling it off in terms of being able to stop that rushing attack. So uh, in that one there. First first play, play of action, Lamar Jackson up top, Hollywood Brown touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Hey, if it go down like that, I'm, like, I'm the greatest. But nah. Uh, so moving on to uh, – you know, your matchup against Kansas City, man, you, to be honest, out of all of the games that's on the list, I think this is really the only true David and Goliath underdog situation. Like, I think a lot of people might have Baltimore to win. So if the Bills pull it out, then it's kind of like, okay, that might be an upset. But I think the winner, whoever wins that game is going to be technically upset. Right now, I think in Vegas – they got the Bills up. You know, they got the Bills winning. Uh, the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay in uh, New Orleans game. I don't think there's, there's any true underdogs in that situation, even though New Orleans is up two games on them. But I don't look at it as, you know, a sleeper team or anything like that or any true underdogs. And then even with L.A. and Green Bay, I don't really see that either. Like, okay, this could be an upset game. I mean, it could be the L.A. Rams could be an upset game just because uh, Green Bay is the number one seed. So I could see it, see it that way. But 
Yeah, and they, got, they got the number one scoring offense too, but the Rams had the number one scoring defense. So if they get a pick six, right? Or something, but whatever, they're not getting no pick six because Aaron Rodgers only threw five all year. He ain't throwing no pick six. Baby. Right, true. But I, I really feel like the, this game right here, the one that y'all got, y'all got the early game on Sunday, the three o'clock game on Sunday. I, I don't know, man. I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be a tough. Do I feel like y'all can win? Yes. Um, I feel. I feel like if y'all just stick to y'all formula and y'all really going to have to run the ball in this one because it's hard to be, you know, my homie over there. He only my homie when we're when we not playing, when we're not playing against him. But, you know, y'all offense is 16th. Theirs is number one. Y'all defense is 17th. Theirs is 16th. So that's pretty even right there. But they can be scored on, you know what I mean? Um, you guys passing this 24th in the league. Their passing is number one in the league. Rushing yards, of course, you got number three, and they're 16th. So <clears throat> I think with that, Anderson, Kansas City, I think with that type of game, man, you guys, you know, running the ball, they're 16th against the run. Like, so I think y'all should really try to, well, not 16th against the run, their defense is 16th. So it's not, they're probably just kind of evenly balanced, but I think with that two-headed monster y'all got back there, if Baker plays smart football, controls the clock, try to keep Mahomes off the field, it's the same uh, template for all good or elite quarterbacks. You want to keep them off the field as much as possible because he's one of those type of players that he can come and win the game with two and a half minutes on the clock and have to drive the whole field. He's, he's that good. So... I do think y'all can come out with this game, and I'm I'm picking y'all for my upset. I'm picking y'all for my upset. So, and that is, and I'm and I'm saying that's a that's a strong upset because I I really want the revenge on on Kansas City, but I would really like to see an AFC North AFC Championship game too. And that would be something crazy. I would love to see it. I would love to be down there if we if it was an AFC North. Uh, battle in the AFC Championship so we can whoop y'all and I can be hype. But uh, <laughs> but to be honest with you, man, this is one of those games I thought, like, man, can we really win this game? And I came out with it like, yes, we can, bro. Like, you know how many times the Chiefs have been down and they've allowed uh, or other teams have allowed them to come back. So I think that this could be one of those games in terms of if we jump ahead. Nobody thought we was going to beat the Steelers. You know what I mean? Right. Nobody, nobody said – I'm picking the Browns to win to beat the Steelers with with Ben Roethlisberger at at the quarterback position. Um, I mean, I did because you know I'm a Browns fan. I'm gonna say we're gonna win. We a playoff team, so when we in the playoffs, I'm going my team. But uh, but realistically thinking, realistically speaking, just even looking at Baker Mayfield, I'm gonna just dive into this a hot little second here. Just being that type of player who has a chip on his shoulder. And is and and when people say, "Oh, he can't do it," or you know, he can't do this, he can't do that, you know, what I'm saying he ends up playing some efficient football. And I'm not saying he's gonna go out and throw 500 yards, but oh, he can't do it. He can't. He oh, he he. Joe Burrow is gonna be better than Baker. He throws five touchdowns. Now he's playing against the the, the reigning Super Bowl champions. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying he's going to come out and throw five touchdowns. I'm not saying he's going to come out and even be 
be Joe Montana or nothing like that. But I am saying that he's going to come out with that chip on his shoulder and he's going to play some more efficient football than you think. And he might have more passing yards than he had last game. So there's that. Secondly, secondly, we get some of our players back, some people that we really, really needed. Joe Batonio, left guard, back. You know what I mean? We need we our offensive line, obviously, they did a hell of a job last game, but we still would like our guys back. I don't know what Jack Conklin is looking like, but come on, bro. Come on back because that right tackle, we need you for the running game. But we got that. We got Nick Chubb. Here's another caveat. Kareem Hunt used to play for the Chiefs. They let him go after the domestic violence stuff, rightfully so. You know what I mean? You can't you can't be doing all of that crazy stuff you was doing. But you got your second chance in Cleveland. You're doing your thing. You got your chip on your shoulder. Well, now you got to run like it. You know what I mean? So it's just that story. It's just that story like, you know, hey, I came from here. I, I, I've, I, you know, they let me go. You know what I mean? For whatever reason, even though he might be, even though he was in the wrong, you know, he he could be using that as motivation. You know what I mean? So let's use that as motivation. Let's run our way to this AFC championship game. And I think that's what we do. I think Baker throws for over 200, 250. I think our two-headed monsters, you know, they give us 200 total, maybe, you know, around 200 total. Defense, you know, we get a few key stops, but if we, I think another uh, another thing I said before is for other teams is if we get ahead, and that's going to be the key. If we can come out and get that touchdown, you know what I'm saying? You know, we get we get one stop, hold them to a field goal or something. Now let's just chew that clock up. You know what I mean? So let's do that, All right. and let's keep these champs from scoring. Now, Pat Mahomes has done come back from some crazy scores before. Right, but, but I mean, at some time, Superman got to come back down to earth, and you know what I'm saying, sit next to that kryptonite. So, so let's see if we can be that kryptonite. Definitely. Uh, and I also want to say one more thing on this one is the fact that I think this comes down to you know, the turnovers and big plays. Same thing as far as when it comes to the uh, Tom Brady and Drew Brees. I think it comes down to the turnover battle and big plays. I feel like uh, if Baker can complete or if you guys can pick up those third and eights, you know what I mean, or uh, third and sixes, you know what I mean, if you can pick up those third downs, keep Mahomes off the field, and also be able to take the ball away when it, when the opportunity presents itself and take points away from them, then that's going to be big too. So Yeah, and, uh, they, and they have Tyreek Hill, you know what I mean? Like he's a beast, he's an animal. You know what I'm saying? Travis Kelsey, of course. You know what I'm saying? He's he's right. a dog at the tight end position. But don't forget, we got our own weapons, too. You know what I mean? Like, Jarvis Landry showed out last game. Like, shout out to Jarvis. Uh, Hooper, you know what I mean? We you, we have some players, you know, on the receiving side. E, e, even Higgins. Higgins will mess around and get hot, catch something deep, too. We got our own weapons. You know what I mean? Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's been showing out, you know, for for the limited role he's played this season. So they can come out and they can they can, they might do something too. Like, don't don't forget, we got our own weapons. So a lot of people think about, oh, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, they the, they the top, they the tippy of the top. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> for right. lack of a better terms, they at the tippy. But we got our own weapons too. So, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't look at another team. Our, our, you know the Browns can't go into the locker room like, oh my God, we're playing against Pat Mahomes and and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and 
Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Nah, man, you are Jarvis Landry. You are Baker Mayfield. First time the Browns don't been to the playoffs in 18 years. You better go out here and take this to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't go that far. But, I'm going you know, that far. Do it, Baker. Come on, bring <laughs> yeah. them mayhem. They not in good hands. Bring the mayhem. Right, right. definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I feel you. Like I said, man, I'm I'm rooting for y'all as well, man. I hope y'all pull it out. But yeah, man. So that was a uh, that was a um, a recap of the playoffs. Our reactions. Uh, we wanted to uh, make sure we touched on uh, most of the games and give y'all some. Some go, uh, some go Browns material right there. You know what I go mean? Go Ravens. <laughs> I knew it was gonna stick that in there, but yeah, I we wanted to, to. wanted to give our reactions and stuff like that. So uh, if you have any reactions to our sports segment, anything that you would like to say, you know, let us know. If you like it, uh, subscribe, um, and then you know, leave us your comments. Obviously, share, and uh, we'll get we make sure we'll get back with you if you have any comments or anything like that. But uh, moving along. Uh, we're going to give you our entertainment section. This one is uh, something that has really, really kind of taken over during the pandemic. People have been at home. We wanted to talk about the versus battles just a little bit and uh, just a few just a few little tidbits about that. So I have watched a couple of them. Um, I just want to put that out there. I watched a few of them and I thought that they were I watched people who was mainly people that I listened to like Luda and Nelly. You know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. I watched the um, the the Jeezy and Gucci one with you virtually. You know right. what I mean? So yeah. we watched that one virtually. But other than that one that we watched virtually, have you been watching them? And how do you feel about them? Uh, I try to catch them when I can, man. Like you said, I, I usually catch the people that, you know, I kind of grew up on more than some of these other ones. Um, so I did watch the Nelly and the Luda. I did watch the, I want to say it was the first one where it had uh, uh, Scott Storch and uh, uh, Manny Fresh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, that was cool. But overall, my overall opinion about it, like, I like it, man. It's the fact of, like, like you said, it was in the midst of a pandemic. A lot of everybody, a lot of people were still in their homes uh, for majority of the weeks, you know what I'm saying, majority of the time. And, <clears throat> you miss out on going to different shows or going on to different concerts and seeing different type of music. A lot of people weren't able to to record or do shoot video shoots and stuff like that to wear off this. So I think like the verses, man, they you got two people that's considered either an icon or, you know, somebody that's worth some type of notoriety in the game um, versus each other. And I, and I like it. And I think it's got to the point to where certain people is calling certain people out like hey we should do a versus battle next you know what i'm saying and one of the big ones uh one of the big ones is coming up man uh oh before i get to that another one that i did watch was uh uh jill scott and erica Badu. yeah man you know erica Badu, my girl i ain't even watched that one i like jill scott too but Erica Badu is on that whole class, a whole nother level. So I just was at home listening to Erica Badu. I wasn't even worried about it. It was cool. Like I said, what I like about it is like most situations, it's not like it's bad blood. Like, oh, I'm 
you know, I'm just we doing this to say that I'm better than you. Some a lot of these artists are just doing it for the culture in general, like yeah, which is fantastic. But I'm just saying, like you know me, like I. I'm a music head. I got uh, keyboards and guitars and all that. So when somebody told me Erica Badu and Jill Scott was doing it the night of the verses, I was in here playing Erica Badu on the speakers and I just played one song and that was all she wrote. I was in here jamming. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, but, all I, that's all I was saying. It was it was definitely a good one, man. It was definitely a good one. And uh I'm looking forward to one of the one of the ones that's coming up in the future. Um I seen a post about they're trying to get it together. Which is UGK and uh, UGK and April and MJG. Like they I said, grew up they, on said they, they said they had to wait for Keisha and Ashanti though. Right. Yeah, they said they had to wait for Keisha and Ashanti though. Which is whatever. They, you know, they're just I probably won't watch Keisha and Ashanti. But yeah, I'm probably not gonna watch it either. I might try to see what they got on. I ain't gonna lie. No disrespect to Keisha Cole and Ashanti. Y'all got hits. Y'all got music. You know what I'm saying? Music that we listen to. You know what I'm saying? I don't caught I don't I don't heard y'all albums. I don't bought them, you know, bought a few of them. I ain't buy all of them. But I got some hits, man. I'll be over here banging y'all stuff, but not like I used to bang uh my man, not not UGK, like UGK. Right. Yeah. Like I'm a, like I don't know, like I grew up on that, man. Like I used to listen to that type of stuff, that type of music. Uh like right before a football game in high school. You know what I'm saying? That was some of my get hype music or getting the zone music between, like I said, even UGK, some UGK stuff, uh, especially A Ball and MJG. They had a couple of bangers. Can't remember what CD it was on, man, because they got have so many. So I can't remember what CD it was on, but I used to bang a couple tracks on repeat in the locker rooms, you know, during pregame. And all that just to get ready to go out there and play a game, kind of get hype and get amped up. I uh, also used to uh, play a lot of uh, Lil John around that time too. But I think those those two groups, I think that's one of those doing it for the culture type type of settings, man. It's, it's the South. Uh, you know, they both do the like, uh, and I believe they friends. They all cool, and they did the songs together and everything. So I think that's just one of those good ones that's that's gonna be good for the culture, man. Uh, hip-hop especially uh down south music yeah i agree with the down south music and uh you know ugk ain't by mjg a ball and mjg wasn't really my total speed like they had a couple tracks that i was like yeah so at you know at the high school we went to a lot of obviously a lot of the listeners won't know but i was in radio on tv it was a vocational school and we used to play you know stuff through the speakers when we didn't have nothing to do so we'd be playing music through the loudspeakers through the, you know what I'm saying just right. getting ready to do whatever we do so you know we had the 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 webby plan the boosie plan you know the a ball mjg here and there you know what I'm saying the ugk stuff obviously the stuff that I like too the jay-z's the Nas, you know just whoever was coming out at the time we was playing through the speakers and uh so yeah we came up on that type of stuff and it's just good to uh good to see people doing stuff for the culture and like i said even with the keisha Cole and ashanti ain't no disrespect to them they got hits it's stuff that i still know to this day i do want to backtrack and give you a quick caveat about how i even stopped listening to keisha Cole like that because man somebody that was in my life man i was a keisha Cole like fanboy bro like straight up like anything keisha Cole put out i was trying to hurry up and get it right and, uh somebody was like man she can't sing she cannot sing I'm like, man, whatever, but don't be talking about Keisha Cole. 
And uh she did a live she did a live performance on um she did a live performance on some channel or whatever, man. It just came out flat. It wasn't what I thought it was gonna be. She and was since, cracking. And since then I was like, oh. So ever since then, they kind of ruined it for me. Even though, you know, artists come out sometimes, they might be, uh, you know, have a good performance, have a bad performance, but that ruined that for me. Uh, but anyway. Right. Uh, like, I've, anyway. I've never really been a huge Keisha Cole fan. Like, she got a couple of uh, singles that, you know, that I mess with, a couple of radio songs that I mess with. But overall, man, not really. But, you know. She got some shots, so I can't even front. Ashanti, you know, she was one of those ones that we also kind of grew up on, kind of watched the start of her career to where she is now. So she definitely got some classic songs, too. Uh, and I also said she couldn't sing either. So. Yeah, yeah, she had some cuts, <laughs> but she was one of those people who, you know, how my personal preference wouldn't be, you know, to put no Ashanti song on. Uh, some of her features, you know what I mean? Cool. But if, if somebody said, let's play this Ashanti CD, like, I, I can sing Baby a hundred times to you, bro. But anyway, I mean, not to you, but you know what I mean. I mean, of course, uh, yeah, not. I hope not. But anyway, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> backtracking, on, or not backtracking, but moving back forward to the A-Ball and NJG, you had mentioned the Down South music, and I wanted to pose a question on this entertainment segment. What happened to Chopped and Screw music? Like, for me, Chopped and Screw was cool. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but there was a couple of cuts, like back when Slim Thug and Paul Wall, when they was, when they were some of their cuts that they was doing, I used to mess with it really heavy. Um, just a couple, just certain artists, but overall, it was like, with Chopped and Screw for me, I would have to hear the Chopped and Screw version first. Like, if I knew the regular version and then I heard the Chopped and Screw, I'm like, nah, bro, you just took the whole beat away, bro. Like, I feel like I'm running in slow motion now, but... That's that was a trend back then, man. The only thing I can think of is why I went away is just you had some, you know, some of the younger guys coming up that that wasn't their thing no more. Like we're not chopping screw or nothing. We you doing it this way now. So I don't know. But oh, no, chopping screw is definitely good, man. I, I definitely used to mess with it hard. I think that'd be one of those things that come back and it just surprise you, like auto tone. Somebody just do some chop the screw music. You like, oh, what is this? Like, uh, like what are the songs I thought that they did pretty well with the chopped and screw? Lyrically, is it the greatest? Probably not, but I still bang it uh, to this day. And that's T Pain's chopped and screw song with Ludo on. Oh, that yeah. my, I'll be like, oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now it's not like down south hip hop you know, chopped and screwed that, you know, you hear, you, you, you would hear normally when it first came out, but man, listen here, man, that chopped and screwed. If, if the right person get a hold of that style, it's going to be a wrap. Cause you know, to me, it was just banging, but. Yeah, for me, it was, it was banging, but it was like, it was so different too. It was like, you can still catch his hip hop beat and be laid back. You know what I'm saying? And still be kind of laid back and reserved at the same time. But they didn't chop it down. They didn't, you know what I'm saying, slow it down and everything. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I want to see. I would love to see one of these young guys, man, just do it for the culture one time or do it for the OGs. Like, you know what? We're going we're gonna to pull up with some chop, chopped and screwed up. I mean, who who's to say that they're still not making chopped and screwed music, you know, because we don't live down there. It could still be a, a, be a thing down there, just maybe it's not as – as big everywhere else as it used to be when it first hit. Yeah, and if somebody out there doing chopped and screwed music and you think your stuff banging, send it to me. The link ENT LLC at Gmail. Send that to me. 
Because I need to hear it. <laughs> I ain't even going to front with you. Send it to me. I missed the chop the screw, especially if your stuff is banging. But uh, you got anything else that you want to mention on the entertainment side? Anything you've been uh, viewing? Uh, not really, man. On the entertainment side, like pretty much all the entertainment I've been <laughs> focusing on is is these playoffs, a little bit of basketball here and there. That's kind of what I've been diving into. You know, it's playoff time. I'm I'm locked in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So uh, that's the end of the entertainment section again. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, hopefully you don't got no concerns or any corrections, send us the uh, comments below. You can also hit us on the link ENTLLC at Gmail or C podcast, S E E podcast at gmail.com. Now we're going to move on from entertainment to extra shit. All right, today's extra shit is going to start off kind of piggybacking off last week's uh, extra shit. We talked about the capital, the siege on the capital. Uh, I had a few people ask me the question, why after the capital siege are they trying to impeach Trump again? And it's so late, you know, towards the end of his term. I have a very, very, very short and simple answer to that. And that is because they don't want him to be able to run for public office again. So he gets impeached in 2024. He can't stir up the same base of people and then come back and say that 2020 was a fraud and do the whole presidential election again and become president again for four years. So they want to impeach the man and get him up through so he can't run for public office again. So that is the short term answer to that one. But I that is the long term. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. What's the long <laughs> the term? The long term is he getting evicted because you got to get your stuff, pack your bags, get your suitcase, grab your shoelaces, and get up through. See, that's you why that's why Erica <laughs> Badu is my girl, because you could have just simply said call Tyrone. Everybody would have been like, call. Right. And tell him <laughs> yeah. come get your old shit. Get him out of here. <laughs> So, but yeah, yeah but, nah, it's a. Uh, we was uh, we was talking about that same thing earlier, uh, earlier today when I seen the news, and basically just the same thing that you just said. You know, they're doing this so, <clears throat> even though he's leaving, but at this point, man, he didn't cause way too much, way too much trouble, man. It's like don't want to go through this again or even give him the opportunity to cause this type of ruckus in in America. You know what I mean? So. Get him out now. Not only do you get him out now, but he stays out. So yeah, you better get locked up anyway. And just to reiterate, just to reiterate too, like America is is has never been the same America for us as black men as it has been for you know a white man uh, or white people. Period. But uh, but he still just made it even more of a mockery. You know what I mean? Like the progress people have. You know, tried to make over the years the very little progress that people have made over the years to uh, get get us uh, some form of semblance of freedom or equality. He just just took that to the back and doodled on it like he's ill. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm not nah, like Smokey. Yeah, like Smokey. My bad. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, like Smokey. 
And then all all the uh, media is trying to do now is be easy. That's what I was going to get to. <laughs> they trying to tell you, like, hey, he over here doodling on y'all in freedom. Right. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, moving along, um, I wanted to talk about also just uh, the topic of um, hair. Kind of talked about this off air a little bit, but I wanted to kind of bring bring a few different um, angles to it. First off, I wanted to say... <laughs> And I say this all the time. I say this all the time. I say this all the time. And I just wanted to make this for the women, man. Like women, bro. Just 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 putting this out here. I said this on another show that I was on a few weeks ago that, that'll be coming out um soon in the next few days or so. That um like you can't just take your beauty, your outside beauty, and look at it like, oh well, my hair is short, so I'm ugly or my hair is long, so I'm ugly or my hair ain't good hair. Sisters, y'all hair is good hair. You know what I mean? Come on, sisters. Y'all know y'all hair is good hair. People people tend to be like y'all. They work out to look like y'all. You know what I mean? Like you don't think your hair is desirable too. You see people with cornrows everywhere or trying to get the trying to get the protective the other protective styles y'all get. Y'all beautiful, man. Cut it out. Stop. I'll be hating hearing sisters say. Uh, my hair ain't good hair or they see somebody like see somebody with a different style of hair your hair can be good too if you just take care of it comb it man chill it might take a little time to get through but your hair grow up towards the sun you know what i'm saying right stay in light and stop playing stop telling me that your hair ain't good hair your hair good hair sister stop playing with me definitely now when I first started laughing at the beginning of this take, it wasn't because he was about to talk to the ladies. We're going to get there. I was We're going to get to that I part, was laughing because he said angles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One but, day, bro, they're going to see me on this mug, and then they're going to see my hairline. They're going to be like, oh. They're going to be like, now I know why he was laughing when he said angles. Angles. But nah, <laughs> but nah just to piggyback off you, see, just as far as, uh, you know, just women and, and everything like that, like, when you had this take on, I, I kind of thought about myself, for instance, man, because I started my own hair journey. You know, as men, we we always have natural hair anyway. Um, <clears throat> so uh, they kind of teetering away from that one, but we can talk I mean, they, about that in a minute. They teetering, but for the most part, you know, a man's hair is always going to be natural. Um, but I started, you know, a lock journey oh, almost a year ago. I started the growing, you know, growing out of fro and all of that. And it's, and it's different. And I see that same type of vibe. And I'm in a, a lot group on the book to where it's people who just starting off just like, oh, man, I'm in the ugly stage and da-da-da-da-da. Like, my locks don't, like, you didn't, we didn't have our locks around the same amount of time, but mine's don't look like yours. And, but it's a lot of uplifting people in that group. Like, listen, like, everybody's hair is going to be different. Like, yours not gonna, might not grow like theirs grow or you might have to look at, like you said, how you take care of it. What type of products are you using? Are you combing it every day? Do you need to comb it every day? Uh, are you washing it too much? Are you not washing it enough? Are you putting natural oils in it? And all of that stuff comes to effect. And it's just funny because <clears throat> just growing up, you know, just growing up, I've always tried to, for the most part, take care of my hair. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, as as men, that's pretty much <laughs> the only little thing we kind of get. You know what I'm saying? Like you can get a cut, you can grow a beard, you can have a goatee. You know what I'm saying? The way the way the ladies switch up their hairstyles is like 
you know, that's the only thing we got. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and I just thought it was just interesting with me going on this journey and just seeing some of the people, uh, the life experiences behind some people's journeys. Like, so some people's journeys just started off because they just wanted to do it. Um, some folks I've seen, they started, you know, either the natural hair journey or lock journey, um, just to kind of prove something to themselves. Uh, and it, it really doesn't matter what you're doing it for. Some people just go for a different look and a different change. Uh, I know for me with, with my, with my decision, uh, was my wife, you know what I'm saying? My wife, she was like, well, I think you should try, should try, uh, getting some locks. And I'm like, I, she was asking me for a while. And I'm like, nah, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm about to be out here like T-Pain. Like, nah. <laughs> like, I'm okay. She's like, I like T-Pain. I'm like, uh. And then uh, right before we got married, I was like, you know what? Cool. I'll I grow, I grow out and see what these locks hitting for. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, because... What I gotta look cute for? Like you, you my wife. You know what I'm saying? Like if you like it, then I love it. So I went ahead and just you know started the journey from there. But just like I said, piggybacking off of what you were saying, as far as how ladies uh kind of get down on themselves and and you know feel overly conscious about their hair and how it looks and stuff like that. You know, everybody got their own journey, man. Just dive into it. Dive into it and embrace exactly who you are, man, because you always want to be a reflection of exactly who you are, no matter what your hair looks like. Right. And I, and I just brought it, started off with the ladies just because I hear that most often in my, in, you know, in my daily walk, my daily journey. I hear women say, talk about their hair and how it's not good or they got to put this in and they got to put that in. And I just always tell them, like, y'all got to stop it. Y'all need to cut it out, bro. Like, y'all hair is is what it's intended to be you know what i mean like and then another thing like man we like variety too like you know what i'm saying i'm not saying we out here messing with uh you're not out here messing with all these women and all that every day but i am saying that you know what i'm saying you got short hair you know what i'm saying or if you grow it long yourself like we might see you one day you got short hair and in a couple months you got long hair you know what i mean and that might be the variety we need if we woke up every day and the only flowers we could give you is tulips every day 365 days you'll be tired of tulips is what i'm saying right right man i feel it bro so i'm gonna just kind of move on <laughs> Cause like, like I said, I was talking about myself with the log journey. I'm actually happy with the journey, man. Like it's, it's cool, man. It's, uh, it's, it's different, man. I, I grew up having, you know, uh, more of a, a lower cut, you know, maybe had a fro here and there, tried braids back when I was in middle school for like, like once or twice. It really wasn't me. You know, you always got different grades of hair and, um, different types of hair. So I know <laughs> the fellas used to kind of get on me all the time, just talking about my uh, <laughs> how uh, thin and, and soft my hair was. Like, oh, you got that Rockwaller hair. Like, oh, man. But, you know, at this point in time, this is something new, something that I've never actually experienced, man. So it's kind of it's kind of relieving not having to worry about what I'm going to do to it every day. Oh, did I brush my hair? Do I put on my do I put my wave cap on? You know what I'm saying? And I still keep it up. I still make sure I put oil in it. When it's time to get it retwisted, I still wash it. But there's so many different ways that people um 
take care and do their locks. I've seen in that group that I was in is people that might might wash their hair twice a year, bro. Like, and for me, that's I'm like, man, you only wash your hair twice yeah, a they, year. They hair stink, boy. Yeah, but then it's it's people that I've <laughs> met that had it's people that I've met that had locks that say the same thing. And I mean, I ain't sniffing their hair, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know how. You, you go to dash somebody I'm up. I'm joking, bro. I know they probably really just, you know, <laughs> they keeping that journey natural, you know? Yeah. But it's just, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I'm not quite there at that point. I need a, I need a wash and a retwist of at least every, every two months. At least. And that was stretching. I just got to that point because I was going every month for real. Yeah, bro, I'm, go, I'm going bald. I still got to run my hand through my head, bro. You know what I'm saying? As soon as I go bald, <laughs> it's going to it's even gonna be more. Uh, it's even gonna be more hair massages this way while y'all playing. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> you better stop, man. Rubbing your hands still, you end up pushing it back. It's already. <laughs> it's already back on the sides, bro. You know what I'm saying? We pointing that stuff over here. Hey, listen, man. Uh, we pointing forward over here. Definitely. I, I wish. I wish that y'all was on. On just heard the behind the scenes when we was kind of briefly discussing it earlier, man. <laughs> it yeah, was pro- hilarious. Production means, the production means over here be crazy on the C podcast. Oh, definitely, definitely. It was, it was. I almost striked a tear. <laughs> but like you said, man, there's so many different styles, man. And, and one thing that I got from what you were saying was the fact of just our culture in general is the most borrowed, but as black folks, we're always the most hated. You know, you see uh, all types of people trying to get cornrows, trying to uh, put locks in their hair, trying to get waves, trying to, you know, high top fades and all of that type stuff, man. So I, I just, like a, like you said, as far as with just the ladies, but I'm gonna just kind of say it overall with everybody. Like, man, just embrace who you are, man. If, if you wanna go for a certain style, go for it. You know what I'm saying? This, I don't want to say this because it's going to sound like kind of like shots fired, but <laughs> for some people, it's just hair. It's going to grow back. Yeah, you know what I mean? And then not only that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what you going to spend your time thinking about trying to have your hair be more straight, like a, if you're a black person, like a white person hair, or you're going to be a white person trying to get your hair to be more course like a black person like you got the hair that you was born with that you're supposed to have if you want it to be a different style just because you want it to be a different style that's all fine and dandy and what but i'm basically saying is it's just embrace yourself embrace your hair embrace what you got going on you don't have to you know what i'm saying you don't have to conform to be a way that you're not supposed to be because somebody gonna roast you like you know what i'm saying even us with the brotherhood we roast each other all the time but it's all in fun we're not trying to hurt nobody and if somebody out here trying to hurt you they shouldn't be in your circle anyway right and brush your hair and put some grease in just whatever man you just do you just <laughs> stay clean don't don't come in the, don't come in the house smelling like you've been working out all day and you ain't taking no shower tonight you gotta do that you gotta stay clean we ain't saying be dirty we just saying <laughs> Embrace yourself. Do what you're supposed to do. You know, be a good person. That's more important than worried about whether your hair is straight or coarse. That's all I'm going. That's all I'm saying. And ladies, if your hair is short, you're still beautiful. Your hair long, you're still beautiful. We we not we not that pressed. 
Okay, uh, DJ Smooth C and yeah. calm them be the bees out in the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> nah, I'm just messing but with nah, y'all. Rock, rock, rock your style, rock your hair. The one thing I can't stand is weave and wigs, but you know, that's always another note, man. Just if you like it natural, you like it natural. If you like putting them chemicals in and stuff, you're gonna be Patches McGee. But if that's what you want to do, then that's what you want to <laughs> do. But you know what I'm saying? Just be truly who you are and roll with it. Yeah, be true to who you are and roll with it. That's all we getting at. And I think that's the end for the C Podcast, S-E-E, Sports Entertainment and Extra. Extra. We appreciate y'all listening. We hope you like it. Share, subscribe, tell a friend, leave comments. We'll try to get back to you ASAP. This is my man, E. Carter. Yes, sir. Let's go. And this is your boy, Siege. We out. And go Browns. Let's go Ravens.